0: And we are live. Ooh. Hello,
1: hello.
0: Oh, this is nice, isn't it? It's <laughs> Nice. Yeah, we love cool. it. We love it when guests get ch- chime in early and just like want to get want to get involved. Well, I'm excited. I've been looking forward
2: to this for ages. You know, any excuse to talk about well, talk about real deep stuff and cups and have cups of tea is like my jam. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's like deep, deep, deep thinking and cups of tea, man. Like, let's go. Let's do I it. I love it. I what, love it. What, 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 That's what? our
0: vibe. That
2: is when our I... vibe. Yeah, when I got the when I got the invite and I was like I was like strong tea podcast. This is like my dream. Yeah. I've made it, you know? <laughs> never mind like like you know, never mind working with the WWE and interviewing my favorite bands. I'm deadly serious. I I, I am I am so happy to be here. It's proper oh, proper, that's proper so made. Nice. Ma- yeah, no, I, I, like you might think I'm giving you lip service, but I'm genuinely not. I love drinking tea, I love talking about deep stuff, you know, and and, and just hanging out and talking. Like it makes me feel like you know, you know what I mean like i I've, I've not had the best run of days it's been a big you know big big heavy few days of mental and physical recovery and mm-hmm. here I am talking to you guys it proper cheers me up so I appreciate oh. you having
0: me and oh. I'll show up
2: now oh
0: <laughs> we've got we've got our finest for our uh, best guest ever yes. uh, yeah well, there we go Freddie agrees as well he's here too he's, there you he's go Hello. In. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well we should say that Freddie is here as sound engineer today he's yes. he's he's quite Chatty today. Um, cool. so I'm sure he's gonna have plenty to, to get involved with. So it's fantastic to be here again. It really is, and um with such a wonderful guest, Dom, that I am going to let Vicky introduce shortly. But welcome to all our listeners, welcome to Strong Tea. What is Strong Tea? Strong Tea is a podcast that Vicky and I set up uh way back when, not actually that long ago. Um and Still also, <laughs> feels it um we've been going from strength to strength we've been having more and more guests happening um fantastic topics to talk about and it really has been a a wonderful wonderful journey uh the podcast itself Freddy yes agrees. I know Freddie I Freddy know. agrees yeah he's he's all over it, you see he's like, let me get let me get my presenting skills in there early um so really, what we're talking about is um taboo topics, topics which are really uh people stick their head in the sand over things that people need educating on yeah. Um, And really, just like you said originally, Dom, getting down and deep and talking about the stuff that really, really matters. So before we go on to introduce your wonderful self... I'd like to know what we're all drinking today. So, Dom, you're our guest. What have you got in your cup?
2: Excellent. When you talk about what really matters, you know this might it might not matter to anybody else, but it matters to me. This is my favourite brand of jam on toast Yorkshire tea in a oh in a,
0: yes, you know,
2: kind of uh, very cool. This is this is a. So this is a, 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 a big staple of my office. I, I I feel like I should have washed this cup more. It's like my office cup and I've just like put a cup of tea in it, you know. So has like got all those
0: stains around yeah, the outside? Yeah, yeah. it has. Yeah. It's,
2: it's a very well-used, and uh, well-worn cup, you can see. Uh, but it is my favourite brand of jam on toast tea, which changed my life. If anybody wants to go and follow me on Twitter, I do have—I I do not have an endorsement from Yorkshire Tea, but I'm trying to get one. I posted—I so I posted boxes of this Jam on toast tea uh, the other day. I had five boxes. Uh, my my partner Emma gets me a monthly subscription, and I tell Yorkshire <laughs> Tea about it. They've retweeted me. As of yet, I am <gasps> waiting. I am waiting for an endorsement, an official oh, one. But y- Yorkshire Jam on toast tea, in short, is what I am drinking today. Step in line, Dom, step in line. Although I I
1: do now feel like you're my missing soul brother because I am a massive Yorkshire tea, Yorkshire tea gold fan. But, oh yeah, have you tried the multi-biscuit one?
2: See, I'm not as big a fan of the multi-biscuit one as I am, the jam on toast tea. The jam on toast tea Mm -hmm. made me feel things I've never felt before, (gasps) inside, outside, (laughs) you know, like you know i've i've tried to pitch it to emma to bring it to the bedroom we've not quite worked out how to do that yet but, i'm sure but it's, a it, it's, it's a matter of time it's a matter of time it's a matter of time i, I think i'm starting to to, uh, to 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 talk around but yeah it's it's honestly i i've been a tea drinker since i was 12 years old i remember the very first cup of tea it was ever made for me uh, i was, i started early uh, and i drank i drunk yorkshire tea most of my life uh, just straight normal you know yorkshire tea and then what was it 6 months ago when they bought this out completely blew my um, mind right right i've 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 tried lots of things in my life done lots of done lots of weird crazy stuff i'm sure we'll talk about some of it but i tell you what jam on toast tea is
1: the next level for me i'm with you so not only do we share a birthday we also share a love of jam and toast tea i I think i think we can finish this podcast now absolutely i feel like i should
0: just not be here to be honest with you (laughs) No, we definitely, we definitely, we definitely
2: def- need you and Freddie as well. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so cool, so cool to to be here. Uh, Vicky, what, are you,
0: what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking Pucker. Other brands are available. Um, elderberry and elderberry, elderberry and echinacea. Oh, apparently, because I've got the packet here, it's uh, a rich embrace tingling with fruity warmth, and it's lovely. It is nice. It tastes minty. Oh, very nice.
0: Mm. Ooh. Does it smell better than it tastes, or is it an all rounder?
1: All rounder. It's an all-rounder and it's quite a nice autumn drink as well.
0: Nice. I'm Mm going to segue on from your autumnal uh, uh, taste and Mm -hmm. I've gone for a bird and blend spiced pumpkin pie.
1: Ooh. Oh, you went there. You went, went full autumn. Yeah, yeah I did.
2: Halloween yeah. vibes, man. It's good. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. Good. And my husband keeps saying, it's not autumn yet. It's not autumn yet. I'm like, yes, it is. It's and Halloween. I have broken out the autumn tea and I have got Freddie a pumpkin costume, which he's not wearing today, but oh. it's only a matter of time.
2: Oh, I, yeah. I am dis- I am dis- I might come back on the podcast just, just for the pumpkin costume next yeah. time. You have to invite me back on. We'll <laughs> all wear we'll all wear pumpkin costumes. <laughs> I-, I have a I have a skeleton onesie that I could wear next time. my <gasps> nice.
0: oh, I- oh I've if you see I've only got a thumper onesie, which is not super Halloween-y, but you know, so you know, we can all wear onesies. <laughs> we, can- we can just we'll- we will just make it work. Yeah, we'll make
1: it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> so I it's down to me to introduce Dom and Oh, I, I first came across Dom when a mutual friend of ours, Dan Bean, um, who runs a film blog called Late Reviewer, um, published a piece written by Dom about his experience, love, and life-changing outlook from watching the 1994 film *The Crow*. I thoroughly re- recommend you not only check out the film, but Late Reviewer, um, and we'll put a link to that and Dom's article as well on the on the website. But it, for me, it was just so powerful and it detailed Dom's journey with cerebral palsy and how the alternative community became a huge part of his life and support structure. So Dom is a founder of Wobbling About and Rocking Out, which promotes disability and mental health awareness. He's a venue accessibility consultant. He works as a journalist in wrestling and sport media. He's write, the writer of Sphere magazine. He's a podcaster. He's a qualified counsellor. This guy can pretty much do anything. He's got an incredible amount of strings to his bow. Um, And Dom's story is truly something. And we are honoured to have him join us today. And thank you so much. We know how incredibly busy you are. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today.
2: Uh, like I said off off camera, it's an absolute pleasure to to be asked to do something like this, and and uh, yeah. obviously talk about my experiences. It's a it's a privilege at the end of the day to to be to be to be asked, but and also thank you to Dan Bean, who I knew I've seen for years. You know, I interned at the York Press in the early yeah. days of my York of my sort of journalism career. And I met Dan there, and we struck up a friendship, and obviously it's you know lasted this long. You know, we're talking oh, well over ten years. So, and a, a, a shout out to to,
0: to Dan Bean. Absolutely, well. I, I'm I'm jealous that you guys have a mutual friend called Mr. Bean.
1: Oh, Dan's a sort of the earth. Mr. Bean is sort of the earth. Yeah, the earth. yeah. Oh. shout out to the Dan Bean Appreciation Club because <laughs> indeed, we, both
0: we, we We are the founding members. Indeed.
1: We are the founding members. <laughs> um, so, Don, tell mm-hmm. us your story. Yeah,
2: okay. Uh so uh my name's Dom. Uh I uh, you you did a great job by the way of, of of plugging me there. It's really cool like sometimes sometimes people are just like oh, you know, t- t- tell me what you do and I have to I have to do the editor of Salisbury magazine, founder of wobble about rocking out, uh touring drummer, you know, qualified counselor, but you just saved me like, like at least 5 to 10 minutes of waffle. Uh you know, <laughs> I, I always have to, because I've got ADHD, I always have to like try and really, because I, usually I, I'll, I'll I'll do half a podcast based on all the things I do, because I'll just carry on going. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so those are the things I do. I have cerebral palsy. Um, I uh, have sort of faced quite a few obstacles uh, in my life uh, in terms of being told that I couldn't do things and being told that I shouldn't do things. And I've usually gone on to do those things um, uh, despite great pain and uh, anxiety. Uh, whether that's touring, you know, uh, with a with a hardcore punk band in Taiwan, or going to work for WWE in Wales, you know, or interviewing some of my favourite bands that I grew up with, you know, all of it, you know, gives me great anxiety and great, uh, you know, a lot of nerves. But I, but I try and do it anyway. The difference is as I've got older, I I try and find balance. I used to be quite uh, self-destructive with my doing it anyway. I would just do all the things. Uh, you know all the stuff without necessarily great regard for my health or the or the or the uh the sort of emotions of of, of other people. So these days, as I am older and what I would hope at least a little bit wiser, <laughs> I, I I now I'm a bit more balanced with my. We're, we're all searching for balance, I think, and uh, I'm a little bit more balanced these days with my. Let's do it anyway. You know, I, I was even nervous to come, you know, even though you guys are you're obviously super friendly, you know, you do great work with your other guests as well. I'm I'm, I'm nervous right now. You know what I mean? So like, you just got to do these things again. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. And so, I mean, uh, yeah, so, 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 so yeah, that's me. Cerebral palsy, uh, which we'll talk about, uh, you know, I, I get to work in journalism, um, uh, which is my dream. It was always my dream. I recently qualified as a counselor, which is my, my newer dream, Um I've uh, been able to fortunately live in, you know, uh, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Uh, so I am I am sitting here, you know, in front of you guys today, uh, you know, um, feeling very, very positive. And I wasn't when I started, you know, before the podcast, like I said to you guys, before I started sipping that tea and before you guys came on the screen, I've been having a pretty... Pretty tough mm. weeks, and but now that I've uh, that now that you you've given me the uh, the plugs, and and now that I'm reflecting, life is pretty awesome actually. So <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. I think that oh. doesn't that doesn't answer your question at all, but uh, that's, <laughs> uh, hopefully that you know inspires the rest it's of the. It's a show. lovely,
0: it's a lovely segue and lovely start to the show. I love wow. it well wow, yeah. that's, that's, it's just I,
2: I'm, try, I'm trying to live in the moment a little more these days as well you know so going oh well I, I should I, you know I should have done this or I got turned down mm-hmm. for that interview or whatever you know now I'm like, now nah, I'm on the strong tea podcast with these wonderful people, you know, drinking my brew, having a good time. You know, the life is, when you look at it like that, life is pretty sweet, you know what I mean? And and hopefully that, you know, to listeners, that doesn't come across as, uh, as fake. If you can see my, you know, you can go and look at my body of work and things online. Like, I try and put my heart and soul into everything I do. It's not pretty all the time. You know, you guys talk about... You know, uh, doing things in one take and just going out there—that's how I work with things. Not mm. everything I do has high production value and things like that, but it—but it is my heart and soul. Mm. Uh, whether I'm making, you know, a little bit of money, a lot of money, or no money at all, I, I will try and put the 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 energy and uh, enthusiasm into into the, into the that I'm that I'm hopefully displaying for you guys into what I do. You know, Absolutely. it is it is it, yeah. it is genuine because you know, uh, like I, you know, there's the thing when you're in my situation, like. You, you've just you've, you've got to because because otherwise mm. you know what's the point what's the point in in, yeah. in, in in getting up and being in pain every day if you if you're not going to put you know if you're not going to mm-hmm. do something like you know and especially mm-hmm. i'm waffling now if you have the opportunity to do stuff like this then you know life is pretty mint in it and you gotta do give it, it yeah give, give it your all wherever possible you know
1: and your i think bother- that's Oh. oh, sorry, we didn't do our hand signals. We did, didn't.
0: We? we didn't. We didn't. I was just gonna say your waffle is just disguised Freddie's burping. So <laughs> right, you crack right,
1: on. You crack on. So your your passion and putting your heart into everything is really apparent. And yeah, I would second. Have a look at your social media. Have a look at the stuff that you produce. Your articles. Everything you can tell is from the heart and I'm purely passion driven. But for our listeners who are listening, wondering what cerebral palsy is, could you explain what it is and how that fits into your story?
2: yeah okay so obviously it affects people in, in different ways and I'm quite uh yeah I have uh, cerebral palsy it, it affects me I mean I walk with two sticks at all times it's a motor disability it affects the brain uh, also you know uh, the palsy side of it is weakness or problems using the muscles so obviously that again that does affect people in different ways you have some people with cerebral palsy that are co- that are confined to wheelchairs And full-time I, I was in a wheelchair full-time well most of the time, till I was about sixteen, uh, I made the choice uh, at that at that age to because I do have the ability to walk, even though it is painful. I made the choice to. To sort of uh, to 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 do that, you know what I mean. I am still supposed to be taking regular rests, but uh, but again, I, I have the privilege of being able to stand on my two feet with the aid of, of two walking sticks. Um, so so that's why I made that why I made that choice. Um, like I say, it does affect people in different ways. You'll see people on television in the Paralympics with m- much more severe cases mm-hmm. of cerebral palsy doing incredible things, and and those are the people that inspire me because, like I say, sometimes it's really hard getting out of bed, you know. And and, and as I've realised as I've got older, you know, my, I do I do with depression and anxiety as well and things like that so I take a lot of inspiration from the world around me and from some of the people that you can see uh, cheap plug on um, you know wobbling about and rocking out and the people that I've spoken to I take a lot of inspiration from those people who work with a range of disabilities but for me personally uh you know I, I was born 28 weeks instead of 40 weeks so the C- obviously early so uh, hence the cp uh there was a placental excuse me call central abruption. Uh, so both me and uh, me and my mum were at risk of dying um I was a, a, I was an incubator from birth which is uh, you know May 23rd uh through to through to August so like I say there's the, the, and, I, and I can kind of you know I, I'm very lucky to be here and sometimes I don't really think about that because this would be the deeper this will be the deepest chat where I've ever kind of dealt whether when I've dealt you know talked about my disability I've talked about it you know quite a lot with regards to my professional life, you know, but but in terms of going back, you know, I actually spoke to my mum in preparation for this podcast. You know what I mean? And we were going through some of the stuff, and you and you forget, you know, you forget the things. So I've had loads of operations uh, to extend my hamstrings and my tendons, um, and my hip flexors, things like that, which which can all be affected by cerebral palsy, which enable me to 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 walk in the way that I do i uh, had Botox injections, uh,
0: oh, you know, gosh.
2: 20 years ago now, uh, but it was before everyone else was doing it. So like, you know, like now they're really now they're really common. I had them done before they were before they were <laughs> cool to do. um. I, I wasn't actually diagnosed with CP till I was 18, um, and obviously the, the doctors, you know. Uh, they should be credited with with saving our lives. Uh, you know, my mum and my lives. Uh, but they were rel- re- reluctant to give me the diagnosis back in the days. So you know, what I mean, it's mid eighties we're talking about here. So, uh, I you know, I nearly didn't get a diagnosis at all. You know, it was like I say, I was eighteen months old when that happened. So, re- very different kind of times. Uh, you know, back then. But as I've got older, I've received you know so much support. Uh, things are things are much easier now. And I say that with a with quotation marks because you know, in terms of doctors and, and hospitals willing to offer support you know what I mean and and giving you know a great range of support to people with disabilities you know like I say uh, that wasn't always there but I, I think now uh, things are you know much more um, trying to think of the best way to phrase it yeah but pe- doctors and, and nurses and uh, and, and medical professionals are, are so so supportive of people with a range of disabilities but cerebral palsy as well i see people with cp walking you know walking you know uh, proudly you know in my city in all over the country doing amazing things and, and changing lives and and, uh, and 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 yeah doing some really cool stuff so you know it's it's weird kind of reflecting on it you know kind of because my experience was you know I just just very you know a lot of intense pain a lot of physiotherapy um, you know, and a lot of a lot of bullying in school. And when I when I say that things have changed, I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think people are now much more open. I think young people now we've talked about this before, uh, are much more open to mental health awareness and supporting people with disabilities. So I'd like to think there was less bullying. I know you got a lot of younger people with disabilities that are coming out now who had a really positive experience in school because people were more mindful. You know, whereas when I was you know when I was younger, you'd quite get the what's wrong with you. Uh, you know, why can't you do these things? Uh, you know, you, you shouldn't do these things, you know. Uh, you, you know what I mean? You know, and using sort of terminology like, uh, you know, spas, spas and spastic and stuff, which now I think is less and less. And, I you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're, they're kind of weird words to say in my mouth because I feel quite uncomfortable using them. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But that's yeah. that's what I grew up with. But I think, you know, more more changes are, are in the sort of general society, more people do support. Um, and and, and uh, yeah, more more people are very supportive and, and very kind of um, understanding. And I'm not saying they weren't there because obviously I'm very you know very privileged to have the nurses I did, the doctors I did, and the school support. You know when when mm-hmm. when you know the you know buildings weren't being adapted as regularly, and um, and support wasn't you know necessarily as accessible. Uh, you know for whatever reason. You know I had so much support in, in school. I went to Beverly Grammar in East Yorkshire, White College, University at York St. John's, Central Lancashire as well. Um, you know, people, people in all these places were, were so supportive, you know, and I think, um, I mean, equally, you still get the comments, you know what I mean? You still get the, you know, um, you still get people asking you, you know, what's wrong and, and, and all these other things or, or saying, oh, why do you look like that? Why do you walk like that? But quite often now, it's more about understanding and more about people asking questions to understand. Mm. Whereas, you know, when I was younger, I saw it as, and that maybe is my perception, but I saw that as bullying. So I think I, I've kind of gone off again uh, with my ADHD brain on your question, but that was that's my story as related, or in brief anyway, my story is related to cerebral palsy. I owe a lot to my mum, my family for, for pushing me to walk, uh, for pushing me to do physiotherapy, even when it hurt. You know, I owe a lot to the people that, again, you can see, you know, on television now and doing the Paralympic stuff, and to so some of the people mm. we've spoken to on Waro you know, for giving me the inspiration to to, to get a, to to get up every day and do something with my life. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, because I could get away with doing, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. People have always said to me, "You could get away with doing with doing nothing," and I, but mm. I always respect you for the work you do, and, and I'm very lucky to to. to to have the support I do in general, and and again, you know, uh, to 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 be able to come on shows like this and and, and talk to you guys and waffle on,
1: uh, oh, I'm not waffling at all. It's <laughs> it's fascinating, and one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you about as well is the whole school school uh, yeah. life and experience that you had, because yeah. obviously you just talked there about role models and things like yeah. that. But we're of a similar age, and you know, back then it was kind of well there weren't all that many role models that, yeah, you know, you could have looked up to. So how did that feature in with how you felt supported and what you thought was supportive, but in hindsight, maybe wasn't?
2: Yeah. that's an interesting question, Piki. I think, um, it goes but i think you just said what i was trying to say better than me i think uh you know obviously that's what i'm trying to say is that is that it was there were people out there that were supportive there were doctors nurses there were people out there staff at these schools that were so supportive of me and what i do but it was much less prevalent than it is now and i think that's mm-hmm. a clearer more concise response uh to the previous question i think yeah i think you still get it now, uh, particularly with the older generation, you know, g- generations that are 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, seven, and beyond. You get that kind of old school temperament or oh, he needs help. Can I help? You know, that kind of, that kind of, it's actually more like he needs help. It's more of an assumption, you know, that where, whereas now you get the questions can I help you? Can, can mm-hmm. I offer you some help? And things like that. So I think that's better. But yeah, I think, I think people. People are very people. People were always very supportive of me, and I've always had the. I've always been determined that even if they weren't, you know, when I when I got to university, people were like they're not ready for someone with cerebral palsy on television or the radio. You know, of course, now you have Rosie Jones. You have not multiple people, mm. you know, public figures who are who have CP, inspiring you know, a next generation of people. Obviously I have been on, on for, fortunately, again, great privilege being on national radio, being on local radio, uh, being able to travel the world and uh, being on TV in Dubai and all this weird stuff, you know what I mean? So I've been able to do those things. And I, I, I kind of just, I kind of just, it goes back to what we were saying, you know, before I've kind of just taken opportunities that are presented, even if it's caused me great, great anxiety. Uh, but back in the day, you know, people were helpful, but i think there was that sort of ah uh, you know that our uh, pardon dom kind of thing whereas now that's less prevalent unless mm-hmm. i think it's an, it's a it's an elder generation thing and obviously you know it's very difficult to get out of that uh, but you know before it was like oh you know don't do this or oh maybe we we'll, you know maybe we'll keep you safe from that you know uh, you know, when I when I went to college in in New Hampshire at King State, you know, I had to fight to get to America because they assumed that I wasn't going to be capable of climbing stairs. You know, and back in the, back in you know two thousand two thousand five now two thousand six. You know, I, I was doing that regularly, but again, those assumptions were just made. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, whereas now people go, "What are you? You know, can we support you?" uh there is some stairs you know you're gonna be all right with that you know it's more questions more conversational than it is we're going to assume that you can't do these things because I had to get on the phone and be like look you know I will take responsibility if I fall you're Mm. not you're not you're not uh you know you're not at fault kind of thing you know what I mean and there was a lot of that so those are some examples there but but, yeah so I think in in general people are supportive but I think there was there's that kind of or poor, you know, poor person with a disability was very prevalent in the sort of, more in my, I mean, my opinion, more in the sort of 80s and 90s, much more in the early 2000s, much more than it is now. And I think that is because there's a much more open conversation around mental health, around disability, uh, around difference, neurodiversity, you know, uh, I, I don't know whether that answers your question directly, but uh, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Do you feel? I mean, you've talked there that you sort of mentioned you did get some support, but you've also talked that you had um, there was a lot of bullying. Yeah, and during your childhood, you had a lot of operations as well. Mm. How how do you feel about your childhood? Do you feel like it was stolen away from you, or do you feel like you actually had chance to sort of grow up like a like a child? That,
2: that's a very 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 good question. I think I think you know it's an interesting one, Katie, because you. you that, that that plays into some of my insecurities in later life. I think I made up for what I missed in my teenage years and you know even later probably in terms of you know going going through relationships and doing those things and and also you know making friends really real valuable friends because a lot of my friends when I was younger you know they would come see me in hospital but these would be the people that were bullying me you know what I mean because they wanted to see what my you know hospital environment were like so so when I was younger I didn't have a lot of real I had like. Um, you know, I had a few really good friends, you know, and some, and most of them are still with me today. I'm actually going to a wedding uh, this weekend with someone that I went to school with back in those days. You know what I mean? So, you know, and it's 20 years plus of, of, of friendship there. So I'm very grateful for those. But it, it was always I, I get to truly, you know, in, in an interview like this, I get to truly kind of reflect on it. And, and actually, you know, I had some very good friends, but I was always I bullied a lot because, again, people, people, would, you know, make comments, they would, you know, especially around, you know, because I went to an all boys school. So, you know, it was very much about, you know, who's the hardest uh, or who's got the most, you know, who's had the most girlfriends and things like Mm -hmm. that. And I was always told I was never going to do any of that. I was never going to have those things. You know, that was my life, you know, up until I was 16. And I revamped myself very much. I would call that a reinvention. When I went to college, I started painting my nails. I, I did the, all, all the stuff that I was inspired by the crow, you know, um and I revamped myself and reinvented myself. Everything before that was was operations, was hospital beds, was, uh, was was bullying. Um and, and so yeah, but but going back to your the crux of your question, it actually makes me think that a lot of the things I did when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 and perhaps the way I treated a lot of uh, a lot of people was related to missing out on a lot of things. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I was very focused on on what I could achieve, but I was also focused on going as having as many uh, girlfriends as I possibly could, you know what I mean? And, 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 and so, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of that is down to, uh, I'm not going to say, cause I had a wonderful childhood and I think it needs to be said, you know, my dad was very, very He's, he's, you know, um, he's a hardworking dude. So I got that from his heart, you know, he started a business, uh, you know, he's, so I got that from him, but my mum, particularly, you know, I'll say it on record, you know, I'm, bit of a mummy's boy my mum's real proud of me my mum thinks the sun shines out my backside (laughs) Uh, no matter what I do you know bless her you know she and she's a wonderful wonderful inspiration to me Uh, she was the one that was fighting for me in in hospitals when people said he's not going to walk he's not going to do this my mum was like no we're gonna we're gonna make this happen you know what I mean that sort of determination that's with me as well today and um, you know like I say so my childhood was actually good I think if I look at it you know how much time I went outside because my childhood was video games and my childhood was, was, was movies, you know, because I was indoors recovering from, 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 uh, from operations. So, mm-hmm. I, 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 but, so if I look at it like that, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Could I have done more social? Life? Could I have done with more, you know, more of that when I was younger? Yes. Would it have perhaps improved this kind of vibe where I'm like, I've got to do all these things now, you know, <laughs> you know, even into my, you know, my, my, my early 20, my early mid twenties, late twenties. And I was doing all the things, meeting all the people, pushing myself to great lengths. to so, you know, physical, physical and mental lengths, you know, and, and right up until my early thirties, you know, going through those sort of same, uh, and I would call them, you know, my mildly self-destructive patterns you know perhaps that is related to that and it's the first time I've ever really discussed it perhaps that's one for my next therapy session but um <laughs> but, but yeah I think I think um yeah yeah so going back to the question do I feel like I missed out on 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 things like did, did I have a great childhood yes absolutely do I think I missed out on things yeah I did but 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 then I wouldn't be here today uh I wouldn't be wobbling about and rocking out um which is where that comes from because someone used to someone said that to me a lot at festivals and stuff uh, when i would run around you know what be wobbling around to to interviews and things uh, i wouldn't be doing that if i wasn't here you know sorry i wouldn't be doing that if if that hadn't happened for me you know yeah.
1: what i mean it's a really powerful mindset for kind of with what you've been through and then how you're viewing it now because yeah it it's just a very powerful mindset but what i'd love to obviously that was your childhood and then as mm. you said there was something that just clicked and you mentioned about the alternative yeah, community man. and tell me about that how did that happen and how did that change your world
2: the reinvention man it was it was like uh pardon pardon the uh the sound I'll try and do it away from the microphone it was like do you know what I mean it just It was a chance to completely reinvent myself. I didn't go to sixth form at the school I went to. I went to sixth form, half an hour, 45 minutes away. Very unlike, you know, none of the people that I went to school with did, you know, made the same move I did. But, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever you want to call it. But but I didn't. It was brand new. You know, and all of a sudden, when you go for an all boys school and you, you know, you've got these mixed, you know, you've got people with, you know, mixed, you know, gender diversity, all this stuff, and it's like, whoa, do you know what I mean? And like, and like, you know, you, you, and, and again, you know, uh, I've got to be careful how I, how I phrase this because I don't want it to come across weird, but like, you know, I, I have people coming up and talk to me. Girls would come up and talk to me. You know, uh, people, you know. Would would come up and chat to me and, and say I looked cool because I had my nails painted and I was wearing fishnets and all this other stuff, you know. And that was completely new to me because I was the I was the weirdo in school. I was the I wasn't hard enough to have a fight and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't attractive enough to have a girlfriend, you know what I mean? So all those things and all those values that people valued in school. You know, and I wasn't particularly academic. And now, obviously, I, you know, I understand now as recent as two years ago, you know, that I have neurodivergence as well as my disability. So, you know, could have could have factored in there, you know what I mean? So, um, but, but, but like I say, I wasn't an academic, so I didn't have, and I had to push really hard to get my GCSEs, to get my A-levels, to get me to college. And my mum took me to college, and the tutors had to be like, I had to politely go, you can go now. Do you know what I mean? we're going to be, he's going to be all right. And that changed everything from then on that changed everything. Do you know what I mean? Um, And then, uh, you know, like, like I say, it was a complete, complete reinvention of course, because I dressed the way I did. I got a lot of attention from, you know, from various sources, people were like, wow, this person's, you know, when I would go out, you know, I found nightclubs and bars you know, and people took me to nightclubs and bars because they wanted me to experience that because I'd never experienced it before. I never danced in a club, and I danced, and everyone was like, "Holy, you know, home. but can I, can I swear on this? I can't remember. Can I swear on this? Like, oh yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've, I, I didn't know. I, I obviously, didn't, but I just wanted <laughs> to make sure because I, I, I am a quite a. Quite a sweary person for emphasis, but like I was like, holy shit, you know, I could I could do all these things. I could move my body in all these ways, you know, and I'm rocking out to whatever song and uh, do this. And then people are like, holy shit, the guy with cerebral palsy is dancing. Holy, <laughs> oh, he's got you know, yeah, you, know, you, you know what I mean. Oh, that's interesting. That's different. Oh, I want to be a part of that. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I built I built friendships because people like, holy shit, this guy's cool. Uh, and uh, you know, and and I, and I wasn't cool. <laughs> I became. I became that, you know what I mean. It was like Eric Draven turning into the Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, very, very different circumstances. He had to die to do it. <laughs> yeah, I did not die, but but a similar metamorphosis. You know, it was mm. almost like the old me did die. You know, mm. I, 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 that that is a heavily dramatized version for any for any uh, for any <laughs> listeners. I'm just doing it for 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 comedic effect. But but, but the old me very much did disappear the the insecurities remained and i, I still still there and, and as i've gotten older have have returned whereas when you're 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 was when i started to like reevaluate things like you kind of feel invincible you know what i mean and i felt invincible you know what i mean i could mm. do anything and i did I got, you know, I, you know, like I say, let's fast forward, you know, I, 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 college was incredible. I had my first, you know, like I got, I got cool grades cause I was doing stuff that I liked. I had my first relationships, you know, I had, had like my first, my, you know, like my, you know, my first sexual experiences, the, the weird and kinky wonderful experiences that I look back on and go, holy crap, <laughs> did I actually put that there? Wow. <laughs> um, you know, uh, on myself tune, tune and other people. For an, yeah. Tune in
0: for another episode to discuss yeah. that in more detail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, you, 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 I can't believe that fit in that place. That, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> on myself and other people. No. Uh, well, yeah, but um, but that's what I mean. Is like um, you you all those experiences. Well, like you know, like I say, going to gigs for the first time. You know, going w- watching watching live shows when previously because my you know again previous to that because of my operations. Cause I was in hospital bed with pots on, casts on, splints all these other things. They so were like, "No, you've got to stay in." You know what I mean? And now I was going out, and I was I was getting used to the pain in my body that I feel more now than I did then because I was younger. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, "Okay, cool. I can cope with this. I can cope with this." You know, if I'm gonna get, if I'm gonna get, if I'm gonna get my mates buying me drinks and I'm gonna get invited to shows, I can cope with this pain. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you know, and then obviously I went to university and moved out of the city, and uh, you know, and then did that, and then went to America, and all these other things. And that 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 kind of attitude, you know, that that sheen that was there. Where and I use that word because people, like, holy crap, this guy's from the UK and he's got a disability and he wears skirts and fishnets and <laughs> likes the crow and you know painted. It was the same thing, you know. People were like, holy shit! So I got a lot of attention because of that, and and. And and it was awesome because and I don't mean that because of the attention I mean because it it forced me to um to to, to push myself out of my comfort zone and if I really think about it with you guys and I will finish my my response uh, sorry for waffling again that's what my job became that's what SoundSphere became I am an anxious person I struggle all the time with anxiety with depression etc and I'm around a lot of that as well but but um. But my job, kind of, fought, you know, getting a job in journalism, working, you know, you know, being mentored by Dan Bean and being mentored by all these people in London, in 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 Yorkshire, wherever I was, BBC, you know, I, I had to do these things. You know what I mean? When when you know, so so you know, in the same way that the the reinvention that we talked about, like you know, the makeup and all that stuff pushed me to do these things and I was like I could do anything I want and this is awesome and it's great this sound sphere was like oh cool you know I'm gonna do this I've got to do this there's not you know there's no option but to take all these opportunities that are available to me so before it was you know like I say when I was younger and it was college it was like I've got to go to this gig I've got to go to this club I've got to I've got to you know that girl's giving me a strange look she's telling me to come over I've got to go over you know what I mean <laughs> you know that kind of thing you know and you got to do the, and, and, and that, that, so, you know, what, what, what the, what the reinvention did for me in that, uh, was incredible. Cause it was like, okay, cool. I can, I can try anything. I can do anything. And then that stayed with me into, you know, my twenties, you know, and doing, doing sound sphere, but, and this is the, this is the crux of it. And what I've realized is that has to stop somewhere. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Um, that, that has to stop somewhere cause it's very unhealthy when you feel like you can do whatever you want. and, and, you know, I, you know, I was in a very privileged position uh, where I could do a lot of the things I wanted. Nobody was going to tell me no because I had a disability and people were like, oh, go on, mate. Yeah, no, go on. Do that. Do this. Do that. People didn't hold me accountable mm. and still won't. To the, people don't to this day unless they know me. My mates do because they're like, what are you doing? Why are you being a dickhead? You know what <laughs> I mean? Whereas, Whereas no one else did. And so mm. I did everything I could. By taking drugs uh, that weren't given to me in a hospital, I've had plenty of opportunities, but um, I just didn't, I didn't want to. But then I did drink a lot, but I, but I was always, I always wanted to know what was going into my body because again, I spent a lot of time in in hospitals Mm. and stuff But like everything else you could think of, I've had an experience in, and um, you you sort of, you know what I mean? Again, again, I had to hold myself accountable, and, and, and shamefully. At Thirty-five. It was only at thirty-two where I started when I started doing the counselling qualification, and I'd been to America and I'd lived in America and I was miserable there. No disrespect to the people that were there with me because they were wonderful people. Uh, and I'd been, you know, I'd lived in Manchester and I tried to escape all of my all of my insecurities in Manchester, in London, Chester, uh, wherever else I'd gone. Um, I had to be like, oh shit, this is actually really self-destructive because I wasn't, you know, I was just trying to do everything. It's the same rule but mm-hmm. like, you know do everything you can as much mm-hmm. as you can you know yeah. all the things do them all all the and, and I'm going to put it as plain as this um so hopefully uh, no one uh I'll, I'll try and explain I'll try and explain it a little easier um in the next couple of minutes so I don't come up because I really am conscious of how this is going to sound yeah you know, I was do- I was doing all the work I was, Instead of uh, sacrificing friendships, I was doing, you know, I was, I was staying up, you know, I wasn't looking after my body and didn't care when other people told me I wasn't looking after my body. Crucially, I was, I was, I was going in and out of relationships without concern or care really for how they were feeling. I was just trying to, you know, again, achieve as much as I could. Mm. Uh, I was traveling around the world, which is an incredible opportunity, but again, wasn't necessarily taking care of the toll it was putting on my body um and and you know wasn't necessarily take you know my friendships really suffered because i would choose work i would choose these other things over my friends family all of it you know all of it and it took me to 32, uh, uh and you know um where i was like dang on this is really really self-destructive um mm-hmm. and you know what 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 i what i was doing at 16 doesn't apply in your 30s to me anyway obviously some people uh, you know still you know that's great that's them but but i was my body was suffering my mind was suffering my my health has suffered as a consequence of Mm. of of my you know four hour a night and sometimes less sleeping pattern my friendships have suffered you know because i just didn't you know um you know people felt unvalued then and and i've had to earn some of those friendships back and some of them don't want anything to do with me, which is understandable. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Do you, you know, because I just chose poorly. And one of the key things was when I, you know, I'd got my visa for the US, my journalist visa, I was living in Dorchester, Massachusetts, working for MIT, which is like, as a, as a journalist in residence, you know, I, I, I got this opportunity through SoundSphere, um, and it was like the dream, right, right. But like I'm around, obviously MIT. You've got your science leads, your tech leads. A lot of people, multimillionaires, you know. Mm. But I would I would be around these people, and then I would hang out with them in bars and, and whatever. And then I would go home and hang out with them. And you know their fridges would be empty, and there they would say, oh, "I really wish that I had spent more time with my ex partner because she left me because I chose to do my work." And mm-hmm. it was a bit like, a and I was 30, I was, yeah, I was 31 30, around, around that time. And that's when I started to be like, okay, I want to go and train to be a counsellor. I want to, because I, I mean, and, I, and I, as part of that, I had to go to therapy myself. because mm-hmm. It's a legal requirement. I had to, you know, so do you know what I mean? And it, and it sort of really changed things for me because I was like, I had a lot of fun when I was younger, I did a lot of cool, crazy stuff that I'm, I'm you know, Some of it I'm proud of in terms of the festivals I got to do, you know, uh, and I I got to help other people crucially. And that's always been my, my, my mentally, my help is that I've helped a lot of other people, you know, in terms of young people that wouldn't have, didn't have the opportunities I did growing up, didn't have the access to funding because they didn't have a disability and they didn't, you know, you know, uh, like I say, I will, I will always say, you know, that the way I got my start was being, was being, Twenty, you know, nineteen twenty, and having a disability and getting all the funding because of those things, yeah. which is how Soundsphere started, you know. Um, but but like I say, that's always been my crutch. Is that oh, I'm helping other people, and I you know I've got people have got jobs at the i newspaper, the Independent on Sunday, the Guardian, uh, NME, etc. Off off you know uh, references for myself and work for Soundsphere. So that was always my crutch. But I use that to kind of be like, oh yeah, it's you know that that kind of makes everything better. And the problem with sound sphere is and the problem with working in the media is it's very addictive. So like, you know, you can, uh, like, like I say, I, I've still got it cause I'm really proud of it. I've got my national diversity award there, you know, behind me. Um, I, I think, it, I think the microphone's obscuring it, but, 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 um, but it's there. And and I also, you know, I was one of the 100 happiest people in the country at one point, stuff like that, like, uh, the independent on Sunday. And when that things like that happen to you, mm-hmm. Um, and SoundSphere has been long. It's been, you know, uh, considered one of the one of the uh, top, you know, alternative music blogs in the country and, and things like that. So when you get accolades like that and acknowledgements like that, you get addicted to it. And, and because my my brother is a, a successful racing driver, he, you know, he's a former world go-karting champion, he uh, won American Le Mans, uh, stuff like that. When you're around success, my dad's a very—he was very successful as a businessman. When you're around it, it, it kind of warps your perception on things. You're like, I have to achieve the next thing. I have to mm. achieve the next thing, and that's why, you know, in SoundSphere it was like a gateway to opportunities. Like I say, I was doing an interview with a London-based incubator called The Rattle, and one of their founders used to be a lecturer at MIT. And they were like, oh, I know someone who's looking for someone to document the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Can you go? Yes, no problem. You see what I mean? So you're constantly Mm -hmm. being accessed opportunities right up until this podcast. You know, as I said, I was was working for WWE last week, uh, a couple of weeks in Wales. Uh, You know, uh, and and like I say, it's it's addictive, but there has to be that balance. And there was no balance. Uh, Shamefully, it took me to 32 Mm -hmm. to learn the balance. And I've gone way off topic. But there you go.
0: Um, I'm, I'm just, uh, your, um, enthusiasm and lust for life is just infectious. I'm just like absolutely buzzing listening to you talk about, and it's kind of making me think, oh my God, yes, I want to go and do this. And I want to achieve that. And, you know, all the things, you kind of think you talk a lot about your mental health and how your mental Mm. health suffered over the years. Mm. Um, your ability to maintain enthusiasm and that striving for, uh achievement you know whether that's success in your business or you Mm. know when you you talked about when we had our chat off air you said you know they said I was going to be in a wheelchair and I was like no you know I'm not having any of that you know how do you manage to maintain that positivity um because I know like you said before you came on air you you know you were anxious about it and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but honestly you have got and when we we we'll come on to talking about other things and people's ignorance with cp and your just your frame of mind is so refreshing i want some of it how how do you get that <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's you, you know what that's again really good question kay and thank you guys so much for uh, for again making me think in this way because i i i just haven't before um <sighs> I would, it's easy and it's the people around you, I think, is what does it for you. My partner is, uh, you know, again, she's so supportive of what I do. Um, My best friends and I can count. And again, this is the key that I learned. my, My best friends, I can count on one hand, you know, and they are so supportive of what I do. Uh, you know again it's easy to be enthusiastic when you're in good company you know what i mean mm-hmm. you guys you guys do really good work on this podcast you've put a lot of effort and enthusiasm into this podcast so it's easy for me to come on here and be enthusiastic and especially because i put my heart and soul it was purely based on the fact i put my heart and soul into an article that i wrote for a mate and then you guys got in touch i mean that's that's motivation enough i would say again look at what's around you and look at what you have around you and 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 and, and, and kind of be you know I caution myself on the word use because uh, it's a certain you've got to do it in a certain way. So obviously I have creative people around me, all with skill sets, and we all support each other. We all help each other out. Doesn't matter where we are geographically. Um, I think my enthusiasm is a product of what's around me. But then equally, I'm on camera. You know, I'm on camera right now talking to you about stuff that inspires me. You know, if I get off cam when I get off camera, um, you know, I might be like, I mean, I'm probably not because my dog's going to want to see me. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm, doing some really cool interviews tonight, so I'm very lucky. But there, there, there are days it's all usually centers around guilt and it centers around the way I've treated people in the past that my depression and anxiety comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this obsession with kind of good. I was raised quite heavily religious. I didn't remain that way. Um, but, uh, you know, this obsession with good and evil that I sort of I have and I've spoken about before. Um, you know, on on other podcasts, but that's where my depression and anxiety comes from. So if I'm not talking, if I'm not thinking about that, you know, then then everything's mm. golden. You know mm. what I mean? Everything's golden. And I overthink it, and all these. I've actually spoken to a lot of these people where I feel that guilt, and they've forgiven me, and you know, moved on with their lives. Yeah. And um, which is great. But it, but equally, the fact that I did them initially really bothers me. So but going back to your question, uh, how do how do you do that? it's about what's around you and, and I've created and cultivated a a, a a unit of people core people that are motivational that are creative that talk openly about their mental health that hold me accountable
0: mm.
2: uh when when other people won't
0: mm. um
2: that'll call me out on my shit you know what I mean um, because again, being self-employed is wonderful, but you're in your own tunnel, you're in your own vision, you're doing yeah. your own thing, and mm. you know, and it's always been that way for me. So it does need. I do need, uh, you know, sometimes. Hang on, that's not a good move. Maybe you know, maybe maybe don't do that. You know. Mm. So uh, and again, I've always I create myself opportunities because why not? But then I have mm. the privilege and and ability because of funding uh you know because of because of again these people you know we're all helping each other out you know i have the privilege of being able to do those things and being in a situation where i can do lots of different jobs and do lots of creative Mm -hmm. you know which which you know enables me to do more of those things so i think Mm -hmm. um you know in summary keep good people around you Mm -hmm. you know do good work uh, when you're doing stuff that you love And, and of course you know don't be a dickhead that's 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 all, that's, that's, that's all. does that answer does that I think that's sort of an indirect answer to your question Katie but I think yeah just just keep good people around mm. you and don't be afraid to and this is what I realized you know people had to let me go because I was a negative inspiration on their life and that and I I've made peace with that and I've had to do the same mm. yeah and that's important you know keep your social circle cherish it keep the good mm-hmm. people that lift you. you know it's the cheesy stuff you hear on these motivational podcasts and stuff and all this other stuff you know keep people that lift you up And motivate you emma every every day she comes in she comes and gives me a hug and a kiss and tells me you know she's proud of me and i do the same with her Uh, you know her two boys are wonderful you know they're they're like you know good friends with me they they think they think what i do is cool but then i play video games with them and and and, and talk about comic books so you know (laughs) there's there's that you know i'm very lucky to have that you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. my again my friends are like you know um we talk about music we make music together obviously I do I do make music and stuff so I'm, I'm around constantly creative people mm-hmm. you know and, const- and people that are all going through the same stuff yeah. you know And we talk openly yeah. about it so I think open conversation and creative inspiration which is un- an unintentional mm-hmm. rhyming thing which I'm going to use now going forward <laughs> Wait, oh,
0: write, oh, it oh, write it down oh, write it down
2: yeah open conversation <laughs> and creative inspiration that's that's the rule for that one
1: yeah too late stolen it okay cool um, Katie um coined it perfectly before when she in an earlier episode I think it was actually in our first ever episode she called um it, human scaffolding and it's the people who hold you up mm. it's it's the support structure you have around you and that scaffolding has got to be rigid because even if it's a little flaky that you, you can't have them around you you need them to, to hold you up and I thought that was a, a beautiful thing and yeah thank you Katie it yeah. stayed with me forever you look really bemused it was you
0: no it wasn't it was you it was, was you yeah it was you. really profound I'm so pleased I said yeah. that yeah. it was uh, profound
1: that's
0: awesome well, well to obviously, that obviously since I've had a baby a lot of stuff has fallen out <laughs> yeah. of my head um but no you are welcome then oh, I don't remember it but you're welcome <laughs> um, I do have a question as well
1: um so recently you, you mentioned about the neurodiverse aspect and that mm. you've been recently diagnosed with ADHD yeah um and you've talked about the pain physically that you feel with CP. Yeah. How do the two combined? I mean, on a daily basis. I yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's, a good, it's, <laughs> a good, it's a good question. It's a good question. I know a number of people with uh, physical disabilities and neurodivergence as well, and they also struggle. I think. I think, again, that lifestyle. If I'd have maintained it that early lifestyle, I would probably. You know, I I mean, I wouldn't be dead. I think that's an overdramatic, very, very overdramatic. But I would certainly be struggling physically more than I do now because I've been able to find that balance. Getting up in the morning is super painful. I have back problems because I have like scoliosis and stuff, which, again, I've only kind of just discovered and do I do physio for that now. Um, You know, I'm much more in tune with my body in terms of taking care of it these days. Than mm-hmm. I was then. Um, I think I'm suffering because as a consequence of that. And I think as a as a as a word to any listener, you know, absolutely do the things you want to do, and absolutely go for every opportunity you can. But be mindful of taking care of your body. And and you know, people, you know, I sound like somebody's mum died. you know what I mean? Like, you know, take care of your body. But 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 I'm deadly serious. Like, as you know, not trying to write myself a cautionary tale. Uh, you know I, I'm I'm still you know I'm still good. I'm still going. But everything hurts a lot more. It's a lot harder to to get the shower, to get up in the morning, to to go downstairs in time for the postman, you know, uh, uh, with or without clothes on. But but you that's that's what I mean. It, it's it's harder to 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 get things done these days than it was then. So I, I would say you know the usual stuff. You know, as we're all sat here drinking copious amounts of tea, you know number one you know hydrate drink loads of water you know what i mean like do exercise do physical exercise it is the old tried and tested stuff that our parents told us that we ignored mm. um you know that i am now doing in my mid 30s to to look after my body and it does help it really helps i mean i do drink far too much tea and far too little water uh, but um but uh, but I'm, I'm working on it you know what I mean it's a work in progress mm. I, you know there's a lot of talk about self-actualization in counseling mm. I don't think you ever really self-actualize it's the journey isn't it and trusting the process so now I'm doing a lot more of that but back to your question and quickly um like I say the pain is is real it's intense but I do exercises every day I go to physiotherapy where possible I you know eat good food with Emma you know and I and I and I make effort to go out and do do things and walks and push myself now, even though I was and, and still I'm a bit of a hermit uh, post pandemic, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back out there mm-hmm. and, and do more, do more things. But yeah, it, it's, it's hard mentally, but then the ADHD diagnosis was, was huge for me because it kind of made me understand a little bit of the, you know, impulsivity, mm-hmm. you know, which again is, is a good thing in some ways, less in others. Um, the, you know, the, the sort of the struggle I've had academically struggle I have to understand certain things uh the, the the speed for example but you know one of the things I had to work on in counseling in, in when I'm when I am counseling is pausing you know being silent you mm-hmm. know it's, obviously you guys might have noticed but I talk a mile a minute and I, and I uh, sometimes and I do apologize for this if you've caught me talking over you it's not uh it's really really not I'm trying, I hope I mean, it hopefully doesn't come across as rude, but but that's something that i have have often wondered why that is. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. as a journalist and as someone that has to listen for a job and now crucially, even more has to really listen for a job, it was a huge kind of like, okay, that's something I need to work on because I have to have supervision in counseling as well. And my supervisor was like, You need to work on this.' That's why one of the, it was one of the big delays I actually qualified later. Than some of my peers because my supervisor was like i'm not letting you qualify until you address this so you know what I mean so like it was one mm-hmm. of those things and 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 uh yeah yeah i, I think i think i, I I'm, I''m I'm in a much better place now uh but yeah it's, it's constant work in progress
0: <laughs> aren't we all yeah um I want to dip back in um to ask you about the cp and we yeah. we talked originally when we were off air about some of the things that people ask you, frequently asked questions, and I remember Vicky and I basically sat here with our jaws on the desks because we couldn't believe that people ask you some of these. So I, yeah. I'd love you to talk about some of the ignorant questions, <laughs> and stupid questions, and silly questions that people ask you, but also to delve into a little bit about how you feel about those people. Like, are, does it frustrate you? and about people's ignorance and the way people yeah. treat you
2: yeah um very good very good again i love this line of questioning because it, it really makes me think a lot about about this to my one and only venture onto t- well actually no, i've done more recently but my first venture onto tiktok was posting uh, uh, you know uh, about what people do when they ask me if i can have sex you know, and that was my, again, probably contributed to a lot of those issues that I talked about earlier on. You know, that was a lot of my childhood, a lot of my, a lot of my teen years was, can I have sex, was, I don't want to go on a date with you because of your disability, was that kind of thing. Uh, equally, you know, uh, you know, still to this day, you know, when I play drums, how do you play drums? You know, With my hands, you know what I mean? And, and like, I still play with my feet, but because uh, my feet are fused I can't do any double kick which is a problem as a metal drummer, but I always find work When poke drummer but I found I find workarounds I'll find a workaround to everything but um but um yeah, like going back to your question um those you know the sex question came up a lot and that was a huge thing you know at bars, clubs, etc um and I never got the balls to say, do you want me to show you You know, that kind of thing that would have been so smooth, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? (laughs) I was always like, I always went into real deep questions. I was like, Yeah, yeah, I do. This is how you know that kind of thing. And, um, and I think a lot of it was, you know, oh, you know, I a lot of people to this day, I I actually get quite surprised because Emma gets it a lot. Um, Emma gets a lot. Can how do you have sex? You know, and we're in our 30s now, and you know, that kind of thing, so it still happens. Sex is a big thing. Uh, can you have kids? I've made the choice uh, not to have my own children. Uh, but obviously, we I, I take care of we, I support and support Emma's boys. Um, that's a choice I've made right now. It might change in the future. But people assume that because I don't have kids at 30, um, in my mid 30, now 35, that I can't have kids or that I never could have kids. And though that's a big one. Um, do you work? Wow. Comes up a lot. I'll, still to this day. These are the most common ones. Do you work? Oh, uh, do you drive? Can you drive? And, and 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 obviously those don't don't sound as as, as confrontational and as, and as ignorant as can you have sex? But those are ones that will come up all the time, regularly. I've never I have really thought about it actually because I like oh not not so much anymore because I don't get the sex question as much. But Emma does, and also there's loads about my drive. Oh, you know, can you drive? Oh, oh, do you get the train? Oh, 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 did you did your parents bring you? You know. Uh, oh. as, as recent as you know this this past year actually and this is weird because literally just coming into my oh yeah it does still happen um but yeah so so those those things but but that's it's okay and you ask me how it affects me you'll you'll note one of my most recent job opportunities was to be an accessibility consultant uh, for venues and um and, I, and I'm lucky to have done that in America and I'm lucky to have done that here in the UK and um it's I, I adopt the same approach. If I go into a venue and I say, what the fuck are you doing? Why isn't there a ramp here? That's confrontational. How, how is that person supposed to know if they don't have it in their mindset? They don't have it in their immediate circle. They don't have disability, difference, neurodivergence in that circle. Uh, how are they supposed to know? So my, my issue comes when people get knowledge and get understanding and learn and then choose not to choose to remain ignorant um previous girlfriends uh previous uh you know uh, have all gotten angry in clubs and bars because people have just um you know have treated me a certain way on the street i've, I've walked hand in hand with um with uh, two or three uh, different partners now and had and been yelled at in the street uh, oh it's not worth it love or oh i probably can't even do it what are you doing come here i've had people act- actively try to lead people away from you know guys have come up to you know um people I've been with and led them away from me and then try it again when they've gone back. Because again, when alcohol, it could be multiple things, alcohol, ignorance, etc., cetera, um, that, that has kind of led them to make those choices, you know, and and, and shout those things. But I always, uh, again, people get angry on my behalf and I'm like, and they're like, why don't you get angry? I'm like, well, hang on. There's a lack of education potentially there that, that I had access to that they didn't maybe. Uh, there's a uh, the lack of knowledge. How are they supposed to know? Have they seen it before? Have they ever seen anyone like me before? Have they ever seen difference in diversity if they've not had access to that knowledge? Like I say, my issue comes when people remain ignorant, you know? Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I I hope that what I do in my life helps people understand that I, it is absolutely... Me talking as publicly as I do about sex, for example, or me talking publicly about my work is is for a reason. Then people go, Oh, well they they they, they can bend that way, or they can do that, or they, you know, they can do that work role and, and and all those things. And that's it's about exposure. If if people remain ignorant and go, Oh, people with disabilities can't do this, or oh, you know, oh you, should, you know, shouldn't be with shouldn't be with that person. And there are thousands of examples. You know, you know who have dealt with much more than me out there now in the public eye, fighting the same fight that I'm fighting and boosting awareness. And and I think that you know that that's that's going back to your question. I have to keep bringing myself back uh, to the question. It's like a I always say to my to to, to my supervisor. It's like um watching a window or a window open away further from the topic. <laughs> and i have to bring it bring it closer back um yeah so so uh yeah going back to the question it's it's one of those things that like that was a huge part of my youth was those negative things and and a huge part and it is as i as i am discovering as i talk to you still a thing um that i that i've just not thought about um but but i'm like well okay because i told them i can drive because i told them i I can do this thing because i you know because i told them about that weird experience you know um then they could, they'll, they maybe never, they won't, they won't assume next time they'll go, oh how did you get here, that kind of thing, or ah, you know, that you know what I mean. It's less of an assumption, right? You know what I mean. People, people will will hopefully learn from, mm. uh, from the experience of meeting me and of course the, lots of other people who are you know in the public eye where you know obviously i'm talking on on on, on podcasts and, and, and on youtube and things like that which is again great privilege uh, to be able to do that um but like i said there are, there are lots of people out there that are, that are kind of smashing those glass ceilings that have been put in place yeah for us you know what i mean i think like it goes back to my, my, my again this will tell you a lot about my dad um he again he doesn't have he's not he's one of that old those old school you know old school people doesn't share his emotions uh, doesn't talk about his feelings and he's got a little better at that in his six well seventies now he's just starting to get better at it but he once said to me and people take this as I- an insult and i and i i i i try and re-rewire it in my brain he said to me you you've you've exceeded all of our expectations for you and and that for me if I look at it as a straight up point, that's all. What, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to shatter people's expectations of what someone with CP is capable of, alongside the list of very very notable examples. Because uh, I don't I don't put myself in that group, but there are at, from my level at my level I am trying to do that, and there are people of course out there now doing more of that. But but it, but if I can shatter expectations of what people think. While I exist on this in this world in a small way, you know, and whether that's an article written about me, and fortunately I've had like you know I've been able to do stuff with attitude is everything. Who are amazing? Uh, They've spotlighted me before. um, Obviously, you know whether it's in the wrestling world and and podcasting, or or we just did a wonderful. round table around why people with disabilities gravitate to, to wrestling and sports entertainment so much and it's that escapism but those kind of things whether they reach 50 people 100 people or beyond that mm. small you know small things i'm a big believer that you know not everyone's meant to be a celebrity not everyone's meant to be super famous but people everybody can make a change within their community
1: yeah
2: and then and it I grows th- it grows from there i think
1: i think what you're saying is profound because what you What you're saying is that people do need to educate themselves as well as Mm. asking Mm. the sensible questions, Mm. not the can you have sex questions, the sensible questions to educate themselves. And it is their responsibility. But at the same time, with what you're doing and your exposure out there, you are helping others who have CP or those who may have friends or relatives with CP to actually break those preconceptions break those expectations and actually aim towards because you know you're so successful if someone comes well, and sees your success yeah, and has the CP. The dangerous
2: thing to say to me, dangerous <laughs> thing to say to me with all of those issues we talked about, Vicky, but thank you. Uh, thank you define your, success, there, define there success. Go, <laughs> there you go, it goes back to, thank you, I'm sorry to interrupt you in your in your train of thought. Thank you for the compliment. Um, but yeah, um, so what were you saying? I want to let you go. Oh, that's all right,
1: with... I, I, can, I forgot as well. Um, <laughs> so, oh, wait, I've got uh, a question. Oh, You've got go a question, go, go Katie. Oh, no, no, no oh,
0: just to carry on then, in terms of what you were saying about how it's because it's down to us. I suppose it's more of a statement really bouncing off what Vicky was saying and what you were saying. It's down to things like this, these discussions that we're having and you putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, I'd I'd rather people, you know, ask me sensible questions so that I can educate them because it's down to us and people of our age to, to educate the next generation, isn't it? And to sort of say to children, this is, this is normal. This is, this is, yeah. Yeah. Rather than send kids running in the street, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: very, very much so. And, and I think you know, get an interesting point you raised there, Katie. I was in a, a supermarket um, a few months ago, and 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 I get this a lot. And uh, you know, as I'm sure, and I'm sure you've probably seen it, it's one. It's a very common thing. If you're in a supermarket, a little, uh, you know, a child, a young person will come up to me quite often, or not even come up to me. That you'll overhear, "Mummy, what's what's wrong with that man? What what's wrong with his legs?" And the mum goes, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, and I had it other, you know, years ago. I always remember a girl running away from me, going, "Mummy, it's a monster," right? And but and the the mum just like crying, holding her head in her hands, and I'm like. And and I the, the I didn't get a chance because because the mum like ran off mortified in that experience. But with the with the supermarket example, the more recent one, the mum was like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." I, I the kids say anything, and I, I and and uh, and I'm like, "Oh, don't worry about it." And and, and the the kid looked at me, and said, "What what is wrong with your legs?" And I said, "Oh, well, I've got poorly legs," because again, in these in these kind of micro transactions, mm-hmm. someone's got their someone's got their day, right? So there you go. off if someone wants to be engage in a deeper conversation with me, I will go that's cerebral palsy. What this means is this and this and this, right? But 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 the fact is they can come and ask me and they can talk to me. Obviously, a lot of older kids have gone, you know, oh, what's wrong with your legs, mate? Oh, you know, what is it? You know, can you do this? Can you do that? And then they. Act, but that's the key, is they're asking me instead of just going, oh, oh, you can't have this. You can't have sex. You can't do this. You can't do that. Just <laughs> assuming. And I think that's the key Exactly what I'm trying to say to you is that is that we're all learning. If you if you're listening to this and you've said the word the the horrible word if you if you called someone a spaz it, as recent as last week, right? I'm going to say to you it's all right, right? It's not okay to use that word, but but like at least in my experience, some people have different viewpoints. But but you're listening to this podcast, so you must be interested in learning, right? So like if you're out there and you've you've used words derogatory words towards people with disabilities or neurodivergence all right okay I'm not I'm not giving it'm not I'm not saying you know that that's all right I, you know I'm just saying that right now you're sat here listening to this podcast in whatever wherever you are the fact you are here listening to this podcast with these you know with these guys strong tea whether you're drinking tea whatever it is you're doing you are listening to it do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's the importance is the learning I'm learning, you know, I'm learning all the time. Um, I used to be very ignorant about around certain neurodivergence. I had a, I had a partner once with BPD and I, and I didn't understand BPD. So I went out and did research, you know, uh, I, had, I had a partner who was a sex worker and I was ignorant about that when I first got into it, you know, and I was like, and, and again, uh, I got into a, you know, I got to know people who were polyamorous and I was really ignorant to that. And I was like, well, well, that's just that's just uh that's just you, having your cake and eating it, isn't it? But it's not. But yeah, you, but yeah, you, but I, you know, and this is as mm-hmm. recent as the last two or three, four or five years that I've that I have learnt these things. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm learning, you're learning, you guys are learning. Uh hopefully you learning something by listening to me. The people listening to this podcast are learning something. Ask the questions if you feel comfortable doing so if not go and google it go and research you know and it works with whatever preconceptions you Mm. have remember that the values you have you know they don't have you know if you've inherited them from your parents and your family take 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 what you want from those but but be mindful that if they if they've been raised with a certain you know i certainly haven't taken everything that my dad learned from his mum. you know uh you know like i say he's learned in his seventies, you know, he's working on himself as well, you know. But as I say we, we, we're all got our own values, we're all, and we're all like an onion. We all get wrapped up. This is my counselling metaphor. We're all wrapped up in other people's values. We start with our own, our organismic self. I'll go. I'll be as brief as I can, and then steadily you get wrapped up in your mum's values, your dad's values, your mate's values. It's like an onion, and you've got to unwrap it and go. Well, that doesn't fit with me. I'll unwrap that one right this isn't i don't agree with that i'll unwrap that one mm-hmm. and it's up to each individual person to do that if that if the person that you've inherited that value from doesn't want to do that that's their journey you can't you know this is wrong this is wrong it's not your place to do in my opinion that's not your place to do that and i one I love person. that um yeah i yeah. really like that yeah sorry I, I, I went off topic again no it
0: doesn't matter it's and it's 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 brought us to the onion analogy which yeah, i like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i could i could literally talk to you all day dom i genuinely could and we are definitely going to have you back for another episode cool. um we always ask our guests to end the show with a final sip which is your thoughts what you want people to take away i've Should got one listening? left as well um,
2: oh. what do oh. I want, <laughs> what do what do i want people to take away um do good work the don't Be a Dick is my other one. You know, is my, is, my main, <laughs> is my main one. And I've forgotten the other one that we came up with. Creative, what was it?
1: Oh, creative, it rhymed, didn't it? Oh, Cre- Creative create...
2: Education. Oh, no. Uh... That would have been really profound if I'd have remembered it. I'll, I'll probably you'll remember have to, it
0: You'll have to listen it, to it back, won't you? Yeah, you'll I will.
2: List, there back. you go. I'll listen to it back. Go listen to it back for that for that nugget that we did somewhere in the middle of this podcast. That's my That's my <laughs> final message. So for the future legacy of this podcast that is my final message other than that other than that don't be don't be a dick uh, do good work um is my is my other one you know be, be you know be proud of what you do um and yeah don't be don't be a dickhead do you know what i mean um and also yeah fundamentally learn you know what you know educate inform learn and grow do you know what i mean we're all learning we're all growing mm-hmm. uh you know and and, and 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 you have the power God, I sound like a motivational speaker. (laughs) You have the power, you know, and this is said in a lot of podcasts by a lot of people. But I truly believe that if you're listening to this and you want to make a difference in your community. Yeah, you might not have a million followers. Yeah, you might not get a million followers as a result of it or whatever. But you can make a difference in your community. If you want to make a positive change, you absolutely have the power to do that. Um, you absolutely have the power to to inspire and motivate people. Um, you know, I'm, I always say this, I'm just a guy who had a bunch of ideas. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. You know, and and here I am on this podcast. You know, and hopefully, and I'm always a big a big thing of like the proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you know, like there's loads of examples of, of what I'm talking about. But this podcast will remain an example of what I'm talking about i like i'm just trying to make a small difference so if one person listens to this and goes oh i'm not going to make that assumption about someone with a disability or oh um maybe i'm going to try and and, and start a, a blog and write about music or maybe i'm going to try that kinky sex position you know <laughs> or um, watch the crow or watch the crow watch the crow crucially you know go and go and look, go and look at late reviewer um you know the website and also keep checking out uh, strong tea podcast and keep listening if that's <laughs> if that's what you want to do or you know or go and, you know google soundsphere or wobbling about rocking out you know if that's what this does then the job is done right so and also hang on hang on
1: he's drinking his last
2: sip mm, just as good cold man just as good cold <laughs> go and buy yorkshire tea jam on toast and uh, and and if yorkshire tea happen to listen to this sponsor the strong tea podcast and uh, and I'll, I'll just take a cut. um <laughs>
0: Oh, well, Dom, I can't I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it's been chatting to you today. It's been absolutely wonderful. And I I hope everyone takes something from mm-hmm. this. If it's, you know, the education about CP or ADHD or just listening to your absolute lust for life, then I hope someone takes this. And what we will do is we will put on our post. Um, that we put out for everyone to read on our website we'll put your details for sound sphere all of your different bits and pieces all your pies that you have all your fingers in
1: you
0: um go. and also a couple of uh, organizations that you've found helpful as well mm-hmm. and we will see you back again for a second episode i, I, w- I would love to thank you lovely and uh guys anyone listening if you've loved what you've heard and you want to support us a little bit we have got a support us page on our website where you can buy us a coffee slash tea slash tea bag um and uh we will put more and more uh time and effort into this podcast bringing you uh bigger better exciting topics just just all the excitement that there is to come i mean there's we'll make it shinier could it be shinier
1: no, I don't know,
0: I'm speaking. I I Can be shinier. Can be shinier.
2: Uh, there's nothing I would improve, you know. I mean, at, at,
0: at this rate, we'll be uh, basically putting more money into pumpkin costumes and cool. onesies, yeah. won't yeah.
2: we? You've got you've got the backgrounds. You've got the enthusiasm. You know, <laughs> you both have awesome hair. You know, like, like these are the main things. And you could both, you know, you both, you both have, you know, Mike. You could both talk into a microphone. You know, these are the main <laughs> things that you need. Um, and obviously <clears throat> importantly uh, good topics good stuff to discuss you
1: know absolutely oh and we couldn't do it without you thank you so much Dom thank you Dom really
0: appreciate no, your no time no problem at
2: all absolute pleasure lovely <laughs> to hang out with you guys
0: we will catch up with you all very very soon thanks ever so much for listening mm-hmm.
2: bye, bye. bye.